A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Talk. Hello, Egg Chasers. JB, are you there? Hello, Tim. How are you? Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, now, listen, the point of this little introduction, and this is not the podcast we should stress. Uh, this is recorded after the podcast, but coming on before the podcast because it's basically an apology because we bodged up, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I mean, I, I, I couldn't be I couldn't any more be furious any more. than what I was last night about one in the morning, not being able to get hold of the audio that we, re- we spent an hour and 10 minutes recording. Yeah, that's right. So Sunday night and, and bless him, Phil. You know, he'd only just been married less than basically 24 hours and he was in the rugby dungeon recording the latest Egg Chasers podcast so that you would have something to listen to on a Monday on your way to work or way back from work. Uh, Phil, absolute Trojan. uh, And he was there and we recorded it and JB's computer decided to go into Windows update mode. Yeah, because do do you know what? The one thing somebody wants when they're in in the middle of a really important piece of work, such as a podcast... Is updated software. I, mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. In fact, when I got the update, I was like, thank God it's deleted my podcast in order to have got a slightly different background. Exactly. However, fortunately, because JB has invested in some pretty awesome kit, uh, we do actually record and stream the podcast at the same time on Facebook Live. So follow us on Facebook and then you can actually watch us do it on a Sunday evening. But I have managed to get the audio from that Facebook video and so you are going to be able to hear the podcast, but that explains why it doesn't sound quite as crisp and as clear as we normally do. Exactly. This is audio from Facebook Live. So if you want to find better audio, go on to Facebook Live, watch the whole podcast live and actually watch us. Or if you're happy with this, well, thanks for sticking with us, I guess. Finally, because let's be honest, this is your mess up, right? Yeah. So I'm playing some sad music. Can you just like do a proper apology? I sincerely apologise for using Windows Windows computers when I've invested so much time and effort into this podcast. The first time in two years I've, I've let you all down, but I have let you down. And for that, I sincerely apologise. So, well done, JB. That, that sounded really sincere as well. It, it is um, sincere. So, without further ado, this is the podcast we recorded on Sunday in slightly poorer audio quality, but we thought you'd prefer having it than not. Thank you very much for listening and bearing with us. Enjoy! Ever change what you do because one person doesn't like it. Okay, so let me just fill you in. That's a good point. If you are just joining us on the Facebook live stream, or you're hearing this on the podcast, I previously asked him a question about his job, and now he's finished that question, I can confirm this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Yeah. Yes. Now, I'm going to start this podcast with a, a bit of a tip, which I used, that Tim gave me last week. So this is Tim's tip this week about how to do his job. Me last week was about McDonald's. Oh. Yeah. The secret menu tip. The, the secret menu tip. Because of Tim, 
I was in a standoff with a McDonald's worker, refusing to move from, from their drive through <laughs> in Stockport until they gave me an extra big tasty burger on my burger. <laughs> you wanted double meat. I wanted double meat. And they said, we can't do that. We can't do that because my business manager says it's too many calories. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one tells me how many calories need to go into my body. Exactly. Uh, maybe someone should tell me. But, um, <laughs> then... Then, uh, she said, right, well, if I'm going to do that for you, I'm going to charge you a load of money. Went, how much? Two quid. I went, deal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, only Ugo Monia can use that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad- I guess, is there, are there some McDonald's that are franchises where an individual owns them rather than the corporate owns them? Because maybe that makes a difference. Well, whatever it is, I, I got my big tasty and that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. Right, boys, let's get our hands in. Uh, just me and Phil, because Tim's away. <laughs> Hands in. Hands in. My hand is... It, it's kind of in. Put on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello, and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast all the games too seriously. I'm JB, with Phil. Hello, JB. Who's actually in studio, and of course... Hello, Hello, mate. And and where are you today? Uh, I'm in Croydon at the moment, having been to Twickenham, Richmond, uh, via Lancaster for Wedding of the Year, is what I've heard it's been being called by OK Magazine. Wow, wow. A- incredible scenes. Uh, I can confirm that it was the Wedding of the Year, and it's on social media. So we are at Rugby Podcast, and also we are on iTunes. And it'd be great if occasionally... Just occasionally, one of you would leave us a review. Harry glued touch and left a five-star review saying, this podcast is the opposite of Manu Tuolangi. Wow. It's free and you get to enjoy it every single week. <laughs> Very good. He, he says, I doubt Richard Cockrell will be listening. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, Phil, well, we are all, we have a full compliment, 100% married men and for the time being at least one of us is happily married because it's only just uh, (laughs) a day into his brand new marriage phil's wedding in lancaster was a triumph a wonderful day i just want to say well done well done philip thanks mate i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah Yeah, i I enjoyed enjoyed it your selection of veils was was (laughs) outstanding the the salty kiss i could take or leave god so the single worst, the single worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> uh, just as a to kind of give you a, an three hundred thirty mil cans, we had neck oil, Beavertown Brewery neck oil, mm-hmm. uh, which we had one hundred and ninety two of those, and there were eight left. So we've gone through one hundred eighty plus of those. Good. The salty kiss, we had forty eight. And there were 30 left. So we only went through 18 salty kisses. And I think uh, I drank half four, of that. Yeah, I think eight of them were fines. <laughs> they were, yeah, they, they, they were forfeits. <laughs> yeah. Well, today on the show, we have Sale Leicester, which I want to get, get into in depth. I've got a quiz, which I'm incredibly excite, excited about. Tim, I believe you've got a rugby social. Yeah, JB, you mentioned this quiz at the wedding yesterday and said, I need to... Uh, Stop talking about it now because I don't want to give it away. Are you more excited than you were about the legendary, iconic Nazi or, or uh, sorry, yeah, uh, um, Springbok or Nazi war criminal? Uh, yeah, it's not going to be that good, but it's going to be okay. 
Oh, oh that's that's good. It's going to be good. And I do have a rugby social, yeah. But before any of that, why don't we talk about the EPS? Yes, good idea. Because well, that's one of the bits of rugby that I have seen this week. Well, you've seen a list of players that someone else has picked for you. <laughs> yes. Well done. I've, I've read off a list. So what are our immediate thoughts on the EPS, lads? Uh, my overwhelming thought was um, there's a few few surprises, um, but I expect the match day squad to look very, very similar to what we saw in Australia. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's good to get some of the, the surprises in. Um, I mean, in the backs, Lazowski, Ben Spencer, um, March and... But Lazowski and Ben Spencer, and Mike Haley, actually. Lazowski and Spencer are probably two of the biggest surprises. Uh, yeah, Lazowski's an interesting one, because, yes, he has come off the back of a 40-point win this weekend. I don't think he's good enough. I really don't. Who would you have ahead of him? Would you have Sippers ahead of him? 100%. Because that's, that's been the big talking point, 100%. hasn't it? So, so Eddie Jones's position on that was his justification for picking Lazowski and leaving Cipriani on the sidelines. Is he said Cipriani's the kind of guy that needs to be the main man, so I'm not going to pick him as a third choice. He has to be he has to be playing better than Ford or Farrell to get into the squad. Well, uh, but he said very much the options open there for him to do so. So that that for me, I read into that as um, he could potentially be a disruptor character in the camp mm, that's interesting because I've never heard I've never heard anyone say that use that terminology before for a player never heard it uh, well okay I can kind of see some reasoning in that case which is if you bring in Sippers he has to start he, he has to be the guy yeah and he's going to get no benefit whatsoever by being the third guy and in that case yeah I can see the argument for Lazowski or whatever his name is what is his name it's Lazowski. Lazowski, right? Lazowski. L- sounds more like a New York uh, yeah. NYPD cop, um, but it is Lazowski, unfortunately. Fine. Uh, whereas he will benefit from it greatly. And I guess if you're going to say, look at the All Blacks, the way they bring through their players and have had exposure and all the rest of it, he is of a different generation to the other guys. Yeah. Who, you know, Farrell's a bit older. I think Sippers would be the oldest of the three if he, he was there. He would be, yeah, by... Uh, comfortably, probably, comfortably. By three or four years, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe it does make sense. Yeah. I, I tell you what wouldn't make sense, though. Go on. Looking at Slade at Flyhoff. No. He, he's a 12... Well, he's, he's a centre. Or certainly, all of his rugby has been played at centre. The little bit we've got at 10 wasn't, wasn't as good as his, his play as a centre. Uh, the, the information I got last season was that Slade wanted to play 10. Yeah. And, and the... That is where he saw his his future. Uh, so it could be one of those situations where, um, you know, like uh, Ben Foden left Sale Sharks partly because he wanted to play scrum half, not fullback. Yeah. And actually, it just turned out when he did it. Actually, you're not really a, you're not really a scrum half, mate. You're more a fullback. Um, so it could it could be that, that yeah, Slade will accept you you you're more a centre. Than... I wouldn't rule it out completely. Yeah. No. No. I would rather have Alex Good at 10 than Slade. Would you? Yeah. That's interesting. Because I think Slade's... A, I just, sorry, I think Good is simply the best rugby player in all of the UK. Well, in, <laughs> interestingly, when you look at the 37-man squad, so this is the one which the matchday side will be selected from yeah. uh, for the Autumn Internationals, 
uh, Goud is listed with the two tens. Oh, that's interesting. So, he's, oh. so, so the way it's listed, they sort of bracket each position, and it's not to say that Goud is being thought of as a, a fly half. He's, but the fact that he's been listed, it says Ford Farrell Goud. I don't know if that's alphabetical, actually. No, no, because it was done. It had the little colon thing to denote the different positions. That, that's so, uh, interesting. Whether that's the newspaper journalists or whether that's yeah. come from Eddie Jones, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But he has been listed with the other. OK, I'm going to read some names now. Um, Owen Farrell. Yeah. Mike Haley. Yeah. Johnny May. Yeah. Jack Noll. Yeah, I can see where this. Yeah, Ben, ben Taylor. <laughs> Manu Tuolangi. Manu Tuolangi. Yeah. Do you think it's a healthy position for England to be in to have all those guys with so little Premiership rugby this season? Uh, not great, but all those players, or sorry, all those positions, you have got other cover, cover elsewhere in the squad. Okay. I think Manu Tuolangi should be nowhere near the team. I think, I think that's probably fair. I think Ben Teo... Uh, Benzo is slightly different. He's got a concussion. He's physically fit. He can go and train. So that, that's that's reasonable, I, I guess. Johnny May. I mean, he is so far off fitness. He might be actually back in training now. Yeah. And getting fit. But because South, South Africa, but the thing is, is, it's the so, same. Like with Ben Teo, you know, he brings something very different. Johnny May, again, he brings something very different. He might not be able to play, but no one else wears cycling shorts quite as long as Johnny May. That's the <laughs> Except for Henry Trinder. Yeah, but he's 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 even more, less fit than uh, Johnny May is. True. No, I think because <laughs> Johnny May, he needs game time more than anything else. Needs game time. I mean, if you had him in the England squad, you couldn't ever think of selecting him. Yeah. Um, there's another point that you made very interesting, Tim. So I I would expect the the starting team certainly and the match day 23 to be very similar to what we saw in both the Six Nations and the Australia tour, with one very obvious notable exception which is James Haskell is completely out of the Autumn Internationals. And so yeah. you've got a big void to fill there because, I mean, his his first game uh, against Australia was one of the best um, performances by a, an open side flanker I've ever seen. He was absolutely unbelievable. Mm. So how do you do it? Well, that's an interesting one. I've heard a rumour from you guys that they're looking at Marowatoji. That can't be true. I didn't think that could be true either, but yeah, there was a, there was an article today that apparently that's one of the the options that that Eddie Jones has got, but it doesn't kind of stack up for me because he's he's brought in both Sam Jones and Mike Williams. Yeah. Um. It, well, that's part in place of Haskell and Clifford, but basically both of those guys do that defensive seven, destructive defensive seven kind of role. Yeah. So you would you would think he would go for one of those who plays in that actual position rather than. Putting Maro Itoji onto the open side, but, but do you know that Mike, way, yeah, Mike, it, William, Mike Williams is more—he's he's a lock or a six in my mind. Yeah. He's he's closer yeah. to a, an Itoji type um, than a Sam Jones. Um, so that's because you saw Tamina Harrison play uh, in, very briefly in Australia, and Eddie Jones is also so he's. He name-checked Chris Robshaw as a six. Well, it's weird, isn't it, that the only player, basically in the whole of England, who can't play seven yeah. is Chris Robshaw. Yes. Yeah. The only guy. But So he name-checked Chris Robshaw as a six, and, but he said he wants someone, the six to be a very hard worker, which is what Chris Robshaw does, and he wants more of an abrasive seven. Um, so you'd think Harrison would fit that bill, potentially. Except but it's, it's, also, it's also the... You, he's kind of moved Rob Shaw to six, but then describing 
what he wants out of him more as a sevens role in the terms of that the out and out hard work and just number of involvements. I tell you the man who must be most upset about all of this. Go on. Matt Kvesic. <laughs> I mean, there is almost like no sevens left in all of England. Yeah. And he's not being considered. Yeah. Not even close to being considered. I'm quite shocked that I've not been considered. Obviously, Lockie McCaffrey. Obvs. Yeah. But also, on a serious note, Brendan O'Connor, I thought, has been outstanding for England. For, Sorry, for Leicester. For, for Leicester, yeah. Yeah, he's playing well. He's, he's been brilliant. <sighs> not, not even a squad call-up. No, I'm not. I'm not. Buy, I'm not buying any of it. I quite. I quite like the pragmatism of saying we don't have anyone international caliber in that position. We've got Will Evans as our as our long term project. We've involved him in the wider squad. Yeah. Uh, you know, nineteen nineteen year old England under twenty World Cup winner from with Leicester hasn't really only played one Premiership match. Um, so he's a long term project. But we don't have anyone. So we're gonna we're gonna carry on with this Haskell style blueprint. And you've got a bunch of players that can do that. We haven't. You know, we, we haven't even. Talks about guys like Dave Ewers, um, who who could be within that squad in that kind of Mike Williams, not Mike yeah. Williams, What's he, yeah, yeah, Mike Williams kind of mould. Yeah. So or Don Armand as I, well. I, Don Armand's the there's a Don Armand, yeah. There's a lot of guys who are of an e- unproven equal level who I'm not convinced are international caliber. So I'm a, I'm a little bit. Meh. About 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 that particular area, yeah. When you get be- below the surface, my only my only concern with this whole England EPS. Hang on, is that like England England player squad? I've just said them. No, elite. elite. Is the, is the oh, elite. is it the England? Uh, sorry, yeah. It's not like pin number. Yes, good. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't seem to reflect the form players in the in the Premiership this year. Um. So so who would you who. Uh, we've mentioned Cipriani. Let's have a quick roll call for people that th- we think deserve to be in. Because the other names, let's just remember some other names that are in. Dan Robson's also in, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Tommy Taylor is also in, which is fantastic. I think yeah. Luke Cowan Dickey might feel hard done by that he's been edged out as the third choice by the look of it. Tom yeah. Youngs has, uh, has come. Well, he's only just come back, but England's hookers. We are stacked. But anyway, yeah. so who else do you who do you think should feel hard done by then? Oh, you've, you've uh, put me on the spot now. I've not really considered that considered I- that question. I would say um, there's a problem at 12. Yeah, 100%. And the inform 12 in the league um, is Jimmy Gopeth. Interesting, that is. Now, it? I wouldn't call him up for England, but he is available. He's in, probably. He, is he qualified? Do you. Oh, uh, maybe not because of the stint in, in Ireland. Do your, do your three years have to be consecutive years? Yeah, I think they do prior to. Oh, I don't. I... I really, we can't be having this. I feel, I, I'm happy to have Nathan Hughes because it, it bolsters England's chances of winning a World Cup. And also from him as an individual, he deserves to make as much coin as he can as a player and squeeze out the value from his talent, which he can do as an England international. But it just it makes me feel, I feel a little bit dirty about talking about Jimmy Gopeth as an England player. <laughs> I'm not I'm not seriously talking about as an England player. How about I'm, just, I'm just saying okay. you've got an issue at 12. You've got the form twelve in the league, who's one of the be- the most informed players in in any position in the league. Yeah, uh, what about Gopeth for twelve? Not for England, for the Lions. For the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? That would be a hell of a bolter. Yeah, he's been within uh, Britain and Ireland for the past three years. And I don't think the Lions have any qualification rules, do they? Uh, you probably have to be eligible for one of those countries. 
You don't have to have played for a country. No, because Will Greenwood was the last non-capped player to go. Was he? Yeah. Let's get serious for a second. Is there anyone <laughs> that we think deserves to be in the squad that isn't? Because I think it's kind of... It makes a lot of sense. I think everyone's lots of people have been rewarded uh, that deserve uh, to have been yes, rewarded. Yes, there are people. Uh, and I don't know who these people are, but I'll just say, anyone at 12 are, other than Manu, because Manu doesn't deserve to be there. Uh, same goes for Johnny May, definitely. And... Oh, because Rocco's back in, by the way, which we were calling yeah. for. Fantastic. That's great to see. Yeah. yeah, basically, I'd have a different 12 and another winger from somewhere. Will Addison. I love Will Addison. Well, that's just a good uh, no, he's, I, I think he's a great Premiership player. I, I don't think he's England oh, he international class. Hell of a job. There's, 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 there's talk that he might play for Ireland. Isn't ah, there? yes, because his mum's Irish. Yeah, from Ulster. Yeah, just like this. Just like this talk that now he was left out. Guy Thompson is eligible for Wales. I'll right. take him. Right. <laughs> Guy Thompson's playing very well at the moment. Right. Okay. Guy. Guy Thompson. Actually. There's something very interesting about Guy Thompson, which you which, which you ought to know. Okay. But we'll do that after, after we talk about Cornerstone. Okay. So, uh, do do you want me to reel this reel this off, Tim, or have you got some? I, I would just I would I would just you say that I, I think the important thing you were going to say about Guy Thompson, or the interesting thing you were going to say about Guy Thompson, I'm pretty sure it is that um, did you know he shaves his arms with cornerstone razors so that people have a completely unobscured view of his sleeve tattoos no is that true <laughs> that's amazing it must, it must yeah. how do i go about uh, getting hold of some cornerstone well cornerstone what you mean the best ranked razor is it that won the gq award best razor uh, award beating pounds you could sample the best razor available aluminium shaft uh, which means you would be able to hold that beautiful precision en German engineered shaft in your hand, take a picture of your shaft and send us a picture on Twitter at rugby podcast of your shaft. Uh, hashtag show us your shaft. Um, wow. Turn safe search on if you're doing that uh, <laughs> by going to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers, cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkouts. So Is that what you meant, JB? That's exactly what I meant. Now, <laughs> Good. Guy Thompson. Yes. Gary Thompson was almost a buzzword in the rugby dungeon for not very good yes. only a year ago. Yeah. He was. Uh, he played instead of Nathan Hughes. So, like, if Nathan Hughes is injured, go, oh, no, Guy Thompson's in. And yeah. that would actually make us all laugh. Yeah. Uh, he got picked up and dumped by Freddie Michelak against Toulon. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he is awesome. Do we know why? Uh, George Smith coaching. Is George Smith coaching? Well, he was doing all the coaching while he was there, wasn't he? I have no idea, but he's an absolute revelation. And he's, he's been he's he's been threatened by Die Young that if he doesn't play well, he has to drink a can of salty kiss afterwards. <laughs> oh, oh, no one deserves that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, actually, it's probably a good time to link that into the Wasps game. Um, did anyone see this? Well, is, is, there, is there anything else from the EPS then? Oh, sorry. Um, the, no, no, no. Just 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 before we leave it, like. Uh, I don't think there's many other talking points to have, or... Um... No. No, other than Mike Williams might be interesting. If he can catch a ball, he's a really good player. Good. Good. I don't think he'll be anywhere near the uh, the starting team, or even the 23. Yeah, but you probably thought that about Timon oh, Harrison. So uh, yes, and now he's, he isn't anywhere near <laughs> yeah, it. good point. <laughs> Unlucky, Rusted. Right, you're, you're picking the team tomorrow. Who starts scrum half? Because I think that's one of those positions where... 
if you picked on form, it would be questionable if you picked on... But I think Eddie Jones will go back to the team that have done so well for him in, down under. Yeah. He'll, if, you were pick, if you were picking... And in the Six Nations. So if you were picking tomorrow, who, who would you pick? Um, he will He will go for Ben Youngs. I have no doubt about that. Robson. Yeah, I agree. I would probably pick Robson if you're just talking about form at the moment. Um, he's been exceptional. But I'd, I'd be very interested to see how much game time Ben Spencer can get at Saracens. If any. Oh, because he's he started. Did he start this week? He did. Yeah, um, and he, he's playing every uh, every time he's come off the bench. I'll, I'll put it well. out there. I'll put it out there. If Ben Spencer was at any other club, he would be number one, except for at Wasps. He'd be the number one scrum half. He'd be. Well, he'd be number one at, at Wasps as well. He'd be joint third number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, okay, uh, should we talk about some games? Yeah, so do yes. we start with Wasps then? Yeah, so I actually watched all, all of this. Yeah. Um, I watched it because it was available online and the scoreline suggested that there's going to be lots of interesting points to come out of it. There weren't. Um, wasps <laughs> are a very good team, stacked full of individuals. They play kind of nice rugby, but their talent is beyond, beyond doubt, and that's why they are so good. Harlequins. Harlequins don't seem to do anything right whatsoever. They, just just they, this week? Um, well, the problem is... They beat Saracens last week well, here's yeah. the problem, with problem, a massive right? defence, with a huge defensive effort. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think the problem is going to be now that they've got someone's fly in the ointment, which suggests that they, can, that they are a very good team. And they're not. They are towards the bottom of the table. I think they're third from bottom. Um, from what I could see today, in attack they offer nothing other than try to get the ball to Marlon Yard and Tim Visser, who were quite good. Jamie Roberts is a blunt instrument. Uh, they don't seem to run any patterns. There's no urgency in defence. They don't work hard enough. Um, it's just completely lacklustre. I think there's something wrong with the uh, with the overall structure of Harlequins, and I think they need. Uh, it's too early to say they need they need a clear out, but you know if this continues, it's going to have to be spoken about that get rid of well, all the coaching stuff to start again. I, I, I said I said I think it was last week or the week before. I said that I think. Nice guy, good club man, um, and I think it's nice for John Kingston to have got that role, proper Harlequins man, but I think that was the time, after six odd years with Conor O'Shea, that was the time to shake it up and get in a really experienced, wily head, and I, I suggested Wayne Smith, for example, Couldn't agree um, more. as the kind of guy that could have, could have changed could have really changed the mentality at, at, at Harlequins. Now, what, what, I, what I do know is I have been led to believe that Harlequins, um, John Kingston, has tried to change the mentality. So uh, Conor O'Shea always used to talk about all of the England players that made it into the EPS and all the finals they've been into and how they won it six year, five years ago or whatever it was. Um, apparently, all trace of anything in the past and any of those glories and finals... All the pictures have been completely ripped out of the changing room. It's a total, like, n no reference to the past at all from John Kingston. Except, so except it, for their throwback kit. <laughs> except for their throwback kit, which is a wonderful. And they des that kit deserves a, a side playing a lot better. But it just I just don't think John Kingston... Sadly, I just don't think John Kingston was the man to, to actually bring about a new, well, a new change, which, which Harlequins needed. If I was John Kingston, and I'm not, for the record... <laughs> you can confirm. I can confirm. I'm not John Kingston. When I got <laughs> that role, I would have I would have let go pretty much. And I wouldn't let, let them go, but I would have rejigged my coaching stuff. I think that's the secret. Cause he's director of rugby now. He's not a coach. 
what he actually did is he brought back Nick Easter. Now, if your problem, as suggested on the Rugby Dungeon by Joe Marler, is that they didn't defend because it's all about their individual performance, not about the team collective, why would you bring back a guy who was basically, well, part of that setup for so long? You want you want to say completely fresh. Yeah. They they have brought a new coach in in um, Roundtree. Yes. But the, the forwards, that, that's probably a good appointment because that was their biggest weakness last year. And they're not good in the scrum, to be fair. Yeah, their, their scrummaging has been solid. But it's just, they're just not good. And the the Mike Brown angry man thing is starting to wear a bit thin, though. <laughs> he wasn't beating men. Uh, the only two players, uh, actually, they all looked, the outside backs looked fairly lively. But that, but that was it. That's the only good thing I can really but say. In terms of, so we're, 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 we're going over old ground a little bit. We talked. We yeah. pretty much said exactly this last week, didn't we? Or oh, no, two, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. ago. Last no, week, they're the best team on earth. Yes, yeah. they beat the best team on earth. <laughs> so they were the best team on earth. But now wasps have beat the former best team on the earth, Harlequins, mm-hmm. because they beat Saracens. Wasps unbeaten, five, yeah. out, five out of five, top of the Premiership at the moment. Can they actually do it? Can they can they win the whole thing? Hmm. Well, beating Leicester, but Leicester defensively, Leicester are pretty pretty Weak. poor. They've had yeah. one one very good performance out of five this year. Yes, that's good. Uh, yeah, good point. Um, Harlequins. Who else have they beaten? Yeah. Uh, Northampton. Yeah, they beat Northampton at Franklin's Gardens, but a Northampton who were on top and just couldn't score the points. I'm going to say yes, they can do it. Which is, yeah, which is not what I said at the start of the season. But they are, you know, they can only have met every test. Well, uh, not this coming. Yes, next Saturday, sorry, next Sunday even, we will find out because they travel to Allianz Park wow. to play Saracens. That will be huge. That will be absolutely massive. Uh, and I, I don't think they'll be able to beat Saracens. Do you not? No, not at Allianz Park. Well, we'll see. I mean, that artificial surface almost plays into their hands. Yeah, maybe it does. So, uh, interestingly, I wonder if the Saracens team selection for this week was based on the fact that next week they're going to have a right old rumble. Yes, and they, they've had an easier game because they played Bristol. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, Bristol team, team selection, Tim? The Bristol sorry, one, sorry. sorry. The Saracens team selection for Bristol. Oh, I think it was smart. They've got a they've got a big squad. Um, you've got to be able to have trust in your guys that step up. And yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I, I've got to say once again, Saracens make me look like a fool. And I think it's safe to say that the Saracens coaching staff know more about rugby than me. Um, <laughs> like I looked at that team, I thought there's a good chance that Bristol will get a, bo- a bonus point, and they might push for some sort of results. Based on the fact that their backs are all basically from the championship, plus Brad Barrett. Uh, yeah. So Spencer, oh, no, Lazowski's obviously from Wasp, but he's young. But he, Barrett, he came from Tompkins. Leeds. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think he was at uh, Yorkshire Carnegie, or whatever they're called these days. Yeah, and then there's Ellery, um, Wiles, and a guy who's making his debut. So I thought, yeah, surely they can do something, they can pop, pop up some points. Absolutely not, not even close. But the, the difference was Sorensen's had what looks like their fifth. <laughs> Their mm. first choice, their strongest possible pack. Yeah, the pack. So they had the, monstrous. The, the weak, weakened backs, but the um, absolutely monstrous pack. Yeah, if Bristol wants to stay up, if they want to do anything this year, 
But I actually didn't think that their attacking was a problem against Exeter. But their defence is horrific, and particularly around the breakdown. They don't guard it well, they don't bodyguard well. Uh, that's, a, that's a key concern, as far as I'm concerned. It's all very well saying we're going to score bonus points, but you need to defend. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to score some points against Saracens. Hmm. Uh, and that that will be very interesting to see Saracens against Wasps, because they've got by far the best attack in the league. They've scored almost 50 points more than anyone else in in the five games against by far the best dis- defence in the league who conceded 50 fewer points than anyone else in the league. Is that so right? that is going to be fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I'm, looking, I'm massively looking forward to that. Shall we have a quick quiz? Yes. Uh, yeah, 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 sure. All right, then. So, yeah, uh, I've done you a quick quiz. It's nothing too important based on uh, the rugby which has already happened this season. Uh, this is uh, rugby player... Or male, adult, uh, same-sex entertainer. Uh, can you go over that title <laughs> again, please? <laughs> Is rugby player or same-sex adult ent- uh, uh, entertainer? Same. Even though, uh, even though I am uh, remote and you can't see me, you can only hear me. I will promise you, because of the nature of this, I will, under no circumstances, be googling any names <laughs> to try and work out the answer. <laughs> exactly, it's Google proof. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna start with the first name. All right. Adam Wild. So, does Adam Wild hang around in the, um, in the showers after a hard shift inside the pack, or is he a rugby <laughs> player? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say he is a an, a, a same-sex adult entertainer. I don't recognise the name. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> and, and wild, wild. You could kind of imagine working in a kind of punish, punny kind of way. I'm going to say he's a rugby player. The rugby player. Okay, I can confirm that Adam Wild was the 1996 best adult performer. Best adult performer. So well done, Tim. Yes, you've got one. What made him so impressive, JB? What won him win the award? I don't know yet. I'll have to go back uh, into, the, uh, into the annals of history. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Next name, Luca Biggie. So, <laughs> is Luca Biggie among the the uh, a man that performs with other men under the white hot pressure of, uh, of the camera, or is he an adult entertainer? <laughs> Say the name again. Luca 
Biggie. I think he might be a Romanian rugby player. Ooh. Tim? I am also saying rugby player. I think the you found the you found the name and you're trying to throw me off scent. I think you're trying to throw me off scent. I can tell you, Luca Biggie plays for Treviso. Treviso. Yes. Ah. Treviso's very own Luca Biggie. <laughs> so that's two one to ten. Can, can I just say is it? Can I just say as a little tease because I'm I'm a rugby prof- uh, sorry rugby I'm a radio professional so I understand how to keep an audience on the edge of their seat uh, in audio in the audio sphere. Okay. Can I just say I have just received a uh, a WhatsApp message with some very very interesting news from a source. Oh wow! About uh, about um, a player movement that could be happening at the end of the season it's come from a source very very close to me and very very reliable oh. i'll tell you about it soon is wow. that, by any chance is that player buck straddling <laughs> <laughs> buck straddling that <laughs> buck straddling that, that has to be a rugby player, surely, surely. Buck Stradling. I'll, I'll just make it interesting and say same-sex entertainer. <laughs> I can confirm Buck Stradling is in the Hall of Fame as an entertainer. Oh, wow. What a name. Wow, <laughs> Buck Stradling. <laughs> All right, boys. George Harder. <laughs> Uh, I, I know this one. Uh, Do you? George Harder. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Oh, wow. wow, God, you might have just given it away there, JB. I know that there's a there's a guy that sounds like that who who has played or does play or did play Interesting. at Leicester. So I, I'd love to know so how, I'm gonna how say you know this guy. So I'm, I'm going to say he's a same-sex performer then. George Harder is, in fact, a rugby player. For whom? Um, I think he's Samoan. In fact, I think he might have even played for London Irish. Oh, OK. There, yeah, that rings a bell, actually. Maybe yeah. he's Irish. Or Samoa, sorry. And last one... Yeah, num- num- number eight, right? Number eight, I think. Yes, anyway. yeah. That, I'm sure he's London Irish, actually. How do you, how do you spell... Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm on my work laptop here. I'm not sure I'm going to Google Probably it. Go on, Phil. Go <laughs> no, on. I'll, go I'll, on. George Harder's safe. Go on. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> how? Rockland. <laughs> Uh, Do you want to go first, Phil, or me go first? Uh, I'll go first, because you're miles ahead. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to say he's a same-sex performer. Tim? I would have said the same, but I'll make, I'll make it interesting. I'll say rugby player. How Rockland, most improved <laughs> adult entertainer in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Good, you're really going heavy on the 1996. <laughs> well, that's my favourite genre. Um, <laughs> I like, yeah, I like... JB JB's all about vintage. Exactly. He likes to see he likes to see Bush. He likes to see some hair. He likes to see some hair on his same sex last one. Last one. Dean Budd. Dean Budd. Uh same sex performer. Oh, I'll just say rugby player. Will this tie it up if we uh, if no. Phil gets it? No, no it won't. No. Uh, you've still no, I've, I've already won. I'll just say rugby player then, that's fine. Well. Does Dean Budd make his living using excellent ball skills, or is he a rugby player? I can <laughs> confirm Dean Budd is, in fact, a no so rugby player. <laughs> yeah. yeah! That's oh, right. It was a massacre. 
Oh wow! You, you really know your gay porn, Tim. Fair play, Tim. Oh, and you right. gonna be a favourite. Right. Too right. <laughs> so what's, what's, this, what's the what's the what's the trophy, JB? <laughs> uh, the Trefiso trophy. A, go, a gold. A, the Trefiso uh, cup. Nice, lovely. I'll take it. So, do you want to hear this bit of gossip? Go for it, mate. Yes. L- live unfolding gossip. So today, uh, all I will say is I spent the route. I spent the day at a, a wonderful. Uh, christening after party bit thing it was my, it was my nephew's uh, christening uh, unfortunately because of your wedding Phil um, I got to miss the actual religious christening bit oh, which was great so thank, thank you for that yeah um, but I got there for just in time for dessert and coffee which was and cheese which was wonderful perfect so um, but there, there were loads of London Irish boy, boys there was and various other rugby people anyway I've just received a message. I'll, I'll leave the source nameless, but you will love this, JB. Go on. You may even have had a, had a whiff of this yourself. End of the season. Mm-hmm. Carl Ferns. Okay. Leicester Tigers. Yes. Um, so, I have heard the rumour is ongoing. I didn't realise there's any decisions yet. But... I, I think it. I, I don't think it's quite at decision point, but yeah, that's a that that is that is just to confirm. You know how like have you ever watched uh, the newsroom? I know you probably hate that show, don't you? I hate it with a passion, mate. <laughs> yeah, with an absolute but the newsroom. Passion. <laughs> well, they always go for two sources, and this is now a second source for the same story, so we can now go go with it. Go live, go live. Uh, Carl Ferns Leicester is is there's a very very strong chance that that could happen. Well, it's it's it's, de- it's definitely it's definitely a strong option for for Carl Ferns. If you want a heavyweight abrasive seven for England, look no further. About as destructive oh, mate, as they I'm get. Completely. If you want to have a, a, a yeah destructive defence focused air to Haskell Ferns, is the silver, get the silver back back. Yeah, that's, that's like an that. interesting. Yeah, if they pick him up, I think that's a great signing. Yeah. Because they they do need a ball carrier, an additional ball carrier in that back row, don't they? So, interesting. Uh, Should we touch on some of the other games? Well, do you want to talk on Leicester? Leicester his Well, his future employer, or alleged future employer, and his former employer. Well, okay. well, of course, hear me now, believe me later, not that anyone ever does. But I did say last week's sale are the most exciting team with ball in hand. Well, they didn't do too much of that um, this week, but they did score score a lot of tries, and they are very, very exciting. I've got to say, I am I was absolutely gobsmacked that they, that they managed to do this. Absolutely gobsmacked. How much of it? Because I've I've seen uh, three or four minute highlights of this game. Um, how much of it is was um, Sale performing, and how much of it was Leicester underperforming, oh. failing to make their tackles, which has been a, a bit of a problem with Leicester. Mm, good, okay, so uh, okay, so the Leicester defence isn't the stingy Leicester defence of old. No, so that's out the window. But they do play rugby and they do score. So whichever way you look at it, you've got to score the th- the, thir- the thirty-four points in order to win it. Yeah. So it is a fa- it, it is in fact that Sale are very very good go- going forward. Yeah. Um, the biggest. The biggest thing for me uh, is actually Mike Phillips. I think Mike Phillips is a wonderful signing. It's a Lions year. Yeah, exactly. Always turns it on for Lions year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure from 
the, from the stuff I've seen of Sale Sharks this season, I actually think, and it's interesting that in the last game, Peter Stringer was selected, but he was out. He's out injured now, so yeah. couldn't have been selected. I'd love to know who they would have started. I'm this sure weekend, if Stringer was available be- because I don't think Mike Phillips is service is quick enough because Sale, as you've pointed out, JB, like to get the ball into the wide channels as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Mike Phillips facilitates that as as well as Stringer. That's and I don't, so so I think, there's definitely uh, an argument to say sorry, Mike so, Phillips' service from the base of a ruck isn't as quick as uh, Stringer's. But that's not where I'm going with this. I think having Mike Phillips there actually s- speeds up the ball. He gets the ball out quicker. The pass might not... I mean, when the pass is fired, it's very, very quick. But he has, he has to pick it up, he has, and he has that, that little bit of wind-up. But what he does really well is he digs the ball out quicker than anyone. So you've, you've got the ball carrier, you've got the ruck, and then Mike Phillips is all, already on, uh, uh, on the ball, digging it out, passing it. it he, he's, like, he's, like a little, he's like a little pig after truffles, isn't he? Yeah, well, it's <laughs> almost because he doesn't have the ball on the ground, that he doesn't have to dig, that he doesn't have to dig it out, out with his feet and then, then pass off the floor. It's very effective, and you know, that is why he's got so many Wales caps, so many, so many Lions caps, so many good performances for the Lions. I was sceptical of this signing, but watching him yesterday, he looked brilliant. Right. Yeah. That was like Mike Phillips of old, wasn't it? I think, I think he's great. I think he looks absolutely great. As long as we can, we can keep him out of the clubs and bars of Manchester, I think he's going to do <laughs> absolutely fine at sale. He's just, he's just the kind of abrasive guy that they like. So he, he was good. Um... Peter Beetham as well. His his first try was very easy. Yeah. Second try was absolutely. But he sort of went to sleep the second half. In fact, all of last, uh, yeah. all of last seemed to go to sleep. The most half. most of them. Uh, like Bre- interesting to see. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to cut across. No, no, you carry no, on. No. Finish your point. Finish your Peter Beetham point. It's fine. Oh, well, that that was it. Just looking good. Um, and he's he's kind of having to play uh, in the centre as he did last year. Due to injuries, yeah, because they previously would have had uh, Tuolagi there, and obviously um, the Australian Tamua um, who's arrived has arrived. Yeah, Tamua, that's a boy. <laughs> Tamua has arrived. Joe Tamani, but but Tamua and Scott Fardy, <laughs> my our offensive Australian accent. <laughs> um, yeah, Tamua, he's arrived, but he's c- uh, struggling with concussion, I believe. He's had four concussions right. in the last few years. That's mental, isn't it? Yeah. That, I mean, so you're, you're, you've got, between him and Tuolagi, the best part of a million pounds spent on two centres who, with unknown return dates, unknown availability dates. That, I, I think that's sackable. I think as, as, for a director of rugby to spend that kind of money on those sort of injuries, it should be sackable. Difficult. Difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, I... I I think Sale are going to do very well this season. You've got to remember, just remember this, uh, no Sam James. Now, uh, for those of you who haven't seen Sam James, which is most most rugby fans, the guy is six foot four. Really? Come uh, on, don't, but I think that's a really patronising thing to say, David. No, because they're on team. He, he, start, he started every game from last season when he was yeah. fit. Yeah, so when, did you, when would you ever see a full game of, uh, full game of Sam James playing? Because uh, Sale are televised four times this year, and he wasn't fit for the second game. It, so you've only in the, in the Premiership. Times. In the Premiership, yeah. I guess. So you've but, only yeah, got two more times. Too, yeah. yeah, exactly. All season to see him, see him in uh, in the Prem, and you know, with the best will in the world, people but, don't tune into to uh, Sale games. This guy, I would say, any, any, I would say that any listeners of this podcast are clearly a very, very intelligent rugby rugby audience because. Uh, 
someone's got to bring the intelligence. It's not us. So uh, yeah, I, don't, I just uh, assume it's our listeners. Yeah, I guess so. That does kind of stack up. But uh, yeah, some uh, James is out, and who else have they got? They've got, lo- they've got loads of lads out. I can't remember. Anyway, that, uh, oh, Mike Haley. Oh, of course, uh, uh, Mike Haley uh, uh, and Mug- Rob Webber. Mugford Stringer. Stringer's out. Mugford's Mugford's. Oh, is, he, is he back? Right now. Yeah, sale. About- Tj Tj Is he out? Don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do know, and this is mental. Um, sale. If you're a sail fly half, you will work every day that God sends. Because they've got AJ McGinty. Yeah. He played well, very well yesterday. But wasn't kicking. No, he wasn't. Addison was. Yeah, that's interesting. Wonder, six, six from six as well. Well, I wonder 100%. If he, I wonder if he's not kicking because of his hamstring. That uh, was his injury. Maybe. Yeah. So, you've got um, TJ and then you've got Mugford. And then the next fly half they've got is currently in service in Filed Rugby Club, I believe. Really? Yeah. So every every uh, game, they basically have the se- they basically have the same two on rotation. That's it. Yeah. And they did the same thing last year. The only two fly offs they had last year was Joe Ford and um, Dennis Sippers. Sippers. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. You'd thought they'd have like an academy lad or something. Well, Sale have one of the smallest academies, don't they? They only have a. a, a much smaller contingent than some of the, the big clubs. But, like, look look at Harlequins. They've, they've got, what, four fly-halves? Yeah. Four first-team fly-halves, and Sale have two. Yeah. Why, Saracens? Uh, they've, they've got two, and then they've got a couple of academy lads. Yeah, they've got academy lads. And then, apparently, the next after that would be Bosch. Yeah, Bosch or Good. Yeah, which is weird. I, I, I don't care about Sale's third-choice fly-half. Can I just put it out there? I don't really yeah. care, because we're not going to see him. Yeah, you're well, right. might do. Couple of injuries. I, let, let's go on to something else. Do we want to talk any more okay, about this? Well, there's plenty of stuff. Sales, if you want to talk about sales, uh, let's, let's have an extra <laughs> sale third fly half dilemma breakout midweek pod. Yes. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone want to make talk about anything else they've seen this week before we go on to next week's fixtures? Yeah, George North is... Um, this is George North's planet, and he just simply lets us live here. <laughs> <laughs> what a fu- What a two minutes from George North! Yeah, quite. That un- was absolutely incredible. He turned it on. I think. I think because we were on a WhatsApp group, and I think I'm I, the the point I made. I was very smug, thinking I'd. Oh, look at me! I've said something really funny because uh, Northampton just looked inept with the ball in hand, <laughs> and I said, uh, "Oh, this is uh, Northampton are the rugby equivalent of." Emil Heskey. Oh, maybe laugh. No, they have the same. They have the same amount of attacking flair as Emil Heskey had as a striker. <laughs> um, and then, no sooner had I t- had I WhatsApp that, than George Ford decided to shove that right down my throat and single-handedly, practically win the game for Northampton. George Ford, right? It's George, George Ford. George North. George it's... North. Sorry, did I say George Ford? No, I said George Ford. Yeah, it is immense in every way a human can be immense. So, like, he's got huge heights, he's got massive quads, huge power. Do you know what else is amazing? Like, if you watch Christian Wade's step, they always say, oh, Christian Wade could beat you in, like, you know, on a poster stamp or in a phone booth, or, you know, he uses narrow channels really well to beat people. Not George North. When George North steps, he moves, he moves about half an acre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah however, however, he couldn't catch, he couldn't even make up a yard on Jimmy Gopeth. Yeah, last yeah. Last week. But just, I just think because he's so big, 
And like, it just, every, you know, when he decides to, you know, do, do a little sidestep, he literally goes about five metres. If you look when he breaks the line, he then steps off, off, steps off his foot. He's right, right against the touchline. He's just, he's just immense when he gets going. Do Northampton rely on him too much, or did they rely on him too much in this game? I think Northampton's problem is they rely on their size. They rely on be- like basically beating up people both in the backs and the forwards, and just waiting for one of these big boys to to break, to, to break the line, and that's basically it. Uh, I kind of I think I disagree with that a little bit. You can see when when they try and play that they they try and play the right way. They just do they. They just looked, they, yeah. They do. That when they get into the twenty-two, they were trying to offload and and to pass and make breaks and get into the wide channels, but they they, they just dropped the ball, fluffed it up, overran passes. Uh, just they just looked a bit. Yeah, look at they looked per- undercooked. But look at their personnel. I mean, when they're all fit, they've got Luther Burrell in the centres. Who I think it's actually a bit of a misuse of Luther, but he's actually turned into a bit of a blunt instrument now for uh, for Northampton. The PCs are often used in, exa- in exactly the same way, and they're both what six six foot two. Luther's about what six foot, six foot one. Yes, he's a big boy, Luther. Yeah, George North six four, something like that. They are huge. Um, I, last season and this season, it's been scoring tries. Oh, sorry, Mullinder's six six three, six four. Yeah, maybe even six four, six five. I think Mullinder is massive. He, he's a big boy. It, it, we did have, by the way, we did have lots of people uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter uh, following on from last week's Rugby Social and Ellis Genge's tweet about uh, Har- um, Harry Malander to say, indeed, Harry Malander is the spitting image of uh, Beavis, uh, Butthead, uh, Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Uh, just to just clear, that, clear that one up. Yeah. Carry on, Phil. Um, I, I kind of, I do think that it's them struggling. They're struggling to, to score points. I mean, last season we said that the it looked like a backline that never played together before at times. Yeah. They, they weren't cohesive, yeah. and I'm not quite sure what's causing that. But they're still struggling. Only, um, just looking at the table, only Newcastle and Bristol have scored less points than, That's than, than Northampton That's in the Premiership. Yeah, let's not let's not talk about Bath Gloucester because it was an absolute snooze fest. Well, hold on, hold on. Because oh. on the Northampton one, let's talk about words. Would a certain fly half from Ulster make a difference to Northampton? Because they want, if you, if uh, stories are to be believed, they're desperate for Paddy Jackson. They they cannot have him. I'm putting my foot down. There's no way they're allowed him. Well, I don't think they're allowed him anyway, are they? I mean, they'd have to pay so much money. The, because I, IRFU surely cannot allow that. Exactly. To I mean, he's really important. Mind you, the, the IRFU failed to stop Sexton going to Racing for... Yeah, but I think everyone in that situation has regretted that. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, if they've anything, learned some lessons from yeah, that. If anything, that's the reason Paddy Jackson stays. Yeah, yeah. Because they let one guy go, apparently Sexton was in tears about, yeah. like, about the whole thing, and then they all came back and made friends. I'd be amazed if, if they let that happen. Yeah, I, I would be astonished, because Paddy Jackson's playing superbly well for Ulster, and he is, as we spoke about last week or the week before, he is second choice behind Sexton and should be groomed to be the number one when Sexton retires in a few years' time. Absolutely right, mate. So Absolutely right. It would be madness for the IRFU if they did let him go. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, can't Pino play 10? I'm sure he's played 10 for South Africa. Yeah, he's played 10 for Ulster as well. Well, there, there's a guy with a lot of class and pedigree. Yeah. Why didn't Northampton just go for him rather than Paddy Jackson? 
He's not an out and out ten. He's only really played it when he's. But he, he's a very more than capable ten. I mean, like, but it does. Hi- but I think it does highlight kind of what we're talking about <laughs> that that Northampton have clearly identified whether they get Paddy Jackson or probably they won't, as as for the reasons we've already said. Um, they've clearly identified that they need a maestro that's going to actually make these talented players they've got tick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I just don't think Paddy Jackson's a sensible a sensible target when there's people well, out there who are easier to get. If if you could get him, he would be brilliant. Let's just hope they can't get him. Mm. Um, so yeah, well, Cruden Cruden's being talked about as coming to coming to Europe um, for seven seven hundred thousand plus. So it'd be France, France or England. I sense France. I don't think there's a Premiership club that should pay seven hundred thousand for Beal. Worcester offered Worcester offered more well, than that for Tumalangi. Yeah, Worcester offered. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, the, the update on crew team have apparently offered one point two million euros. Oh my word! Ah. Uh, so that that's a million. So that's the same as Carter. That's a million a pound. Actually, no, Carter's a, Carter is a million euros. So yeah, more more than Carter. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, craziness. I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> so we don't want I think we discussed this stuff yeah. that we're not going to have crude in the in the Ruby Dungeon for a million euros not even popping bottles for no, us not, okay. not even manning the Jonathan Joseph champagne well hold on hold on if we, if we crowdsourced it and we and you know and, and the, that's what the people wanted who are we to who are we to stop them exactly okay. right mate exactly right Okay. We can put him to work folding up those lovely shirts that are behind, as you see on the Facebook live stream. Yeah. We should actually point out, if, if people are watching on the Facebook live stream, you know, you can leave your comments, questions, and we could like live talk about stuff that you decide we want to talk about. We well, should make it or put questions out or anything they think of. Maybe we've missed a boat on this week's one, but we'll, we'll make sure we mention that at the start of next week's one. Okay, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Um... Mm. You throw me off my rugby social train of thought. Yeah, oh yeah, rugby social. Then fixtures. Then well, <clears throat> rugby social. Newcastle, Worcester for all of ten seconds. And I, I think you've I think you've just done enough. Yeah, just you just done enough. Yeah. Worcester got their first win. Well done. Completely inept, both of them. <laughs> right, rugby um, social. What 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 I, what I would say is I just want to go back to uh, Saturday evening and. Um, Am I right in saying, Phil, you got you got a bit emotional at one point during the speech? There's one point during the speech where I can't remember what I was saying. I was saying something nice either about Claire or my family, and I was I feeling a tiny bit emotional. And I looked out and I saw uh, our friend Harry's wife Fiona Gorin, and she was bawling her eyes out. Was she really? Yeah, and it almost <laughs> well, it almost set me off. Well, yeah, I, I, I know what. Uh, come on, you're you're being you're you're not telling the, the full truth there. What what actually happened is, yes, you were saying something nice about uh, your your new wife, who looked absolutely stunning, by the way, and um, and your your family, who were completely charming and lovely and hospitable. Um, but also, uh, you had a little earpiece in. I know this, and someone had told you that Ulster had a dramatic <laughs> uh, late win. <laughs> In their best day of my life, because Ulster be Ospreys seventy ninth minute penalty from Paddy Jackson. Oof. Uh, actually, I, I've got a. I don't know if you know, but I don't think much of the Pro Twelve. All rants. Really? Yeah. I've got a... You should. You should go. You should like be more forceful about that, JB. Make sure people know this. So, so this year I've made an effort 
a certifiable effort to be nicer to the Pro 12. I've suggested ways to save it by splitting it, splitting it in, um, <laughs> in two. That has been thrown back in my face. And today, or, or yesterday, were some of the most bizarre tweets from some of the most bizarre fans that I've ever watched the game of rugby. So, Cardiff went over to Leinster. No, Leinster went to Cardiff. Sorry, Leinster went to Cardiff, right? Yeah. And they had an, and they had an Irish referee. Now, prior to the game, people were saying, oh, Leinster are bringing their own Irish ref with them. It won't be fair. Hmm. Leinster then win. It's all the ref's fault. Oh. This is a disgrace. Oh, God. We're, pa- we're better than that. We're, this is rugby. We're better than that. How do these morons, Tim? How are these absolute idiots who post things, things about refs? Now, refs can be incompetent. I have no doubt they can make bad decisions. But they are not... I stress this enough. Uh, I can't stress this enough. They are they are not dishonest and they are not crooked and they are definitely not biased uh, because that's why you get you don't get into refing for those reasons. You don't get into refing because you are a massive oh. Leinster fan and all you want to do is ref three games for Leinster every year and just you know just <laughs> make, make it sure in there. Yeah. yeah just make sure Leinster win. I mean there's yeah that's that's, that's like that's like uh, people I hate it um, if you said oh Wayne Barnes is from Gloucester Which you is, can't someone said that Gloucester. some Come idiot on. and I hope he's listening he, he's an idiot said oh Wayne Barnes is from Gloucester he shouldn't shouldn't ref the ref the Gloucester match Gloucester should be happy Wayne Barnes is, is refing the Gloucester match because he's the best referee so on the one hand do you know what do you know what do you know what we're doing a little bit you're you're, you're right but you're giving a few and I'll actually back you up and use the word idiots. You're giving a few idiots the oxygen of uh, the oxygen that they don't really deserve, and actually, I think the vast majority of rugby fans don't subscribe to that opinion, wouldn't mention it, and understand what rugby's about. And I think most, I think people who listen to this podcast also share the values of rugby and what makes it great. And I, I you know what, it's, it's a few idiots, but it, that, that's not that's not that's not typical. Yeah, but this yeah. Tim, I, I just love the dual message of. The Pro 12 is awesome, except for it's corrupt to its core. I mean, they're not quite, they don't quite, you know, sync those two messages, do they? When you think about it. This is true. So, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, that, that, that result meant that Ulster are now alone as the only unbeaten team in the Pro 12. Uh, Top of the table. Because Cardiff lost. Because Cardiff lost, yeah. yeah. Um... Uh, well, they, they didn't lose. They were cheated out of the Oh, sorry, cheated. Yeah, cheated. cheated. Ugh, Do you know what? Now, now I will say from some of the top-of-the-table clashes, um, the Pro 12 rugby over the weekend was of, a good, was, was of a good standard, and there's some teams that are, are really performing well. I'm interested to see in a few weeks' time when the European ties kick in how they get on. Yes. However, I did find out this really interesting stat this week. Phil, I know you love a stat. You'll love this. Guess the viewing figures... For the Pro 12 final last year, on I found out what on what the viewing, viewing figures, figures were on te- on Sky Television. Oh, I'm going to say something like three hundred thousand. Yeah, I just yeah, the same so between of, two and three hundred thousand. We'll get the same amount of viewers as we get listeners to our podcast. <laughs> okay, we don't get the any view, the the view <laughs> the viewing figures for the Pro 12 final. Earlier this year, eighteen thousand. Oh my God! We get more listeners to our podcast than they do to their final. <laughs> there were more people in the stadium than watched it on television. Oh my word! Now, 
I will just try and stand so, up stand up for the Pro 12 for a second because if that's the Sky figure, a lot of Pro 12 games are also shown on BBC Alba or BBC Northern Ireland or whatever whatever it is, BBC Wales, um, S4C. So I am going to try and say that can't just be that cannot be the total number who viewed it if there were multiple mm. other sources. I I, I hope. Oh dear! You may have a point. That is the Sky. That is the Sky Sports also, figures. I mean, the BT Sports numbers aren't great. They're are they? They're like four hundred thousand for the Premiership, or two hundred. They're in the hundreds of thousands, not in the millions. I'd, 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 I'd I would have said four hundred thousand is a great number. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Very good number. Yeah. Um, boys, I'm gonna have to interrupt here. We've got nine minutes to finish this podcast because in nine minutes, this 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 laptop is going to do its restart thing. Uh-oh. Right, very uh, very quick rugby social. Really quick. Yeah, do it. The wonderful the wonderful world of Ellis Genge continues. Ellis Genge watched what what was tweeting that he was watching what on television. Was it a man painting with his penis, a woman washing windows with her boobs, or a couple eating food off each other's behinds? Penis painting. <laughs> uh I think I have seen this, and I think it is also the pe- penis painting. I've not seen the program. It is penis painting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, right. Uh, Chris Robshaw was ecstatic to meet who this week? Elton John, Justin Bieber, Britney Spears. Ooh, the yeah. Apple Music Festival has been going on in London. Yeah. I've, I've seen that picture as well. Is it Elton John? It was Elton John. There we go. It was Elton John. Uh, a, a little fact, because uh, I, I did a little uh, bit of work for O2 this week, and uh, I got from one of the old people that work at O2 with uh, with England Rugby that the most asked for tickets uh, at the O2 Arena that they get from rugby players, Justin Bieber. <laughs> so they're all like... Justin Bieber is that Justin Bieber is who most the, the the most number of England players wanted to go and see. So I, can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'll, I'll be honest I'm or, a little or, bit disappointed or, uh... I, I'm more than a bit disappointed uh, and finally James Haskell tweeted a picture of a fashion victim this week but what does James Haskell regard as something for the fashion police is it a gilet is it a shirt with the top button done up or is it jeans and shoes shirt sure, button done up uh I'm going to say a gilet, but it's got to be a horrible gilet, like a bright orange. Or I always wear like gilets. That. It can't be that. Okay. Because I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, jeans and shoes. James Haskell has a big issue with uh, shoes being worn with jeans. Uh, I, I will just stress huh. the pictures when I've looked at all of them, because uh, there's a Twitter account dedicated to taking pictures of, of men with uh, bad jean shoe combos. It's oh. nearly always boot cut, boot cut jeans with sh- with sharp shoes oh nice uh what what's the, twi- what's but, the J- but james haskell james haskell has a particular problem with jeans and shoes as he's been tweeting about this I'm week. look at that one yeah and that and that was rugby social excellent very efficient tim well right. done seven minutes can, can you not pause the... i don't know how I'm not okay, to okay. right savvy fixtures well what's hold on what's gonna happen are you gonna be able to save the the file as well yeah that, that'll You're not gonna lose it all that'll are we? be fine okay okay good Right, okay, so you finished the podcast, or nearly, and then you've worked out, hang on, this isn't the whole podcast. Because our technical issues didn't end there, did they, Tim? 
you're you're quite right, JB. Yes, the audio completely stopped. And what I love most is and is the audio completely ended at the moment when JB gave us his total reassurance <laughs> that everything was going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But the good news uh, is, we did our predictions, and I can guarantee that every one of my predictions, and yours, Tim, is spot on. But yeah. you'll just have to take our word for it. Yeah, you definitely have to take our word for it, but we will get them all right. Uh, so, I am going to propose an end of pod hashtag with an apologetic uh, piece of stash, which you could win by using the, the end of pod hashtag. The end of pod hashtag, because Windows decided to just ruin the podcast uh, and try and sabotage our fun i'm gonna say hashtag bill gates must die maybe just a little idea uh i'm i'm, I'm happy for, actually after missing one podcast i'm happy for him to die yeah he should be lynched all right fine <laughs> not lynch literally not li- do not lynch bill gates do not do that <laughs> no we don't want to incite violence no we didn't, okay, yeah. we didn't in fact can we step back from this and make it a little bit more jovial rather than sounding menacing uh um screw you bill gates no Screw you, Bill Gates is fine by Bill me. Gates, Bill Gates hates rugby. Well, he does hate rugby, Tim. Hashtag Bill Gates hates rugby. Bill Gates hates me. Not me personally, that's what it was. Bill Gates hates me. Because if he liked you all, he'd have made sure the podcast came out. So hashtag Bill Gates hates me. We will pick someone who uses that hashtag and we'll send some Canterbury stash your way. Hashtag Bill Gates hates me. Yeah. Right, Tim. Done. Get back to entertaining the people of London on Virgin Radio. I'll get this up well, now. The, the, no, hold on, London, the United Kingdom. I'm a national broadcaster now, Sorry. JB. Come on. The people get of the right. United Kingdom, mate. All right. Nice one, dude. See you later. In a bit. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.